It's time for JT the Brick. So we are open for business again, everybody. I had a dream that someday we'd have a flagship station with the cooperation of the team and the fans that stream globally. JT the Brick. Are we all on board with that? Because if you're not on board with this, you're going to have to enter a mental asylum. If you're not on board with this, it's going to drive you nuts. Jackpot, baby! And now, here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, welcome in today, everybody. Raider Nation Radio, the flagship of the Silver and Black. What is a memorable week here? The Derek Carr extension still is the main topic on this radio station and all over the Raider Nation around the world. Welcome into the show as we're brought to you by PT's, the best happy hour in town. You can go from 5 to 7, midnight to 2, anywhere in between. Big night with the Golden Knights in a must-win situation. Thursday night, grab some friends, go to PT's. Wear a jersey, a shirt, and root on the Golden Knights. You'll thank me for it. They throw a great party at every one of their locations. Come on out for the Golden Knights as the city's got to push this team to the playoffs, man. At least hope we can because it's not looking good unless they win tonight. Must I say must-win game? I would say I'm shocked that we're in a must-win game situation as we are here. What is it? April 14th that the Knights are in a must-win situation Shocking to me, but that's what happens in sports. Ask the Lakers. Lakers and Golden Knights are going to be lumped together. How about that? The Golden Knights don't want to be lumped in with the Lakers because those will be the two biggest underachieving teams if they both don't make the playoffs, and we know the Lakers are out of it. Wow, what a day. We're going to play my conversation, exclusive conversation with Derek Carr at the top of next hour, 105, because my first conversation ever is coming up with Dave Ziegler, who's going to join us at the bottom of the hour. Excited to talk to him about his philosophy and what he's done since he set ground over in Henderson at the facility. They've had a tremendously active offseason. They're preparing for the draft. They're moving their families out here. Pretty complex time, and they're breaking in new coaches and players into a new building and a way of life. So I'm looking forward to this conversation. It's coming up in about 25 minutes. The GM of the Raiders, Dave Ziegler, will join us. If there's anything you'd like me to ask him, If you want to play program director, I'm serious. I'd like to hear from Raider fans. What would you like to ask him? I will take a couple of your calls and or, not calls with him, but if you want to call in and ask something that's really important or hit me up on Twitter at JT the Brick, we'll get one in, maybe two, depending on how much time that we have with him. And then the Raiders, I think, just focus on the draft and what they're going to do next. Sammy Watkins agreed to a one-year deal. Today with the Green Bay Packers, man, is Aaron Rodgers desperate. He's losing everybody. He lost Devontae Adams. He's sitting back here now. That's a major drop-off, massive drop-off for what he's dealing with there. But Aaron Rodgers wanted to get that money. I think he deserved the money. He clearly deserved that money. So I'm not going to sit here and rip Aaron Rodgers for being the highest-paid quarterback of all time for a season. He wanted that. It was important to him. I don't know if it would have kept or – Cost him Devontae Adams anyway. From everything we're hearing about Devontae Adams, sure seems like he wanted to be a Raider at all costs. Took less money. And that's also a term that we heard a lot about yesterday. And I talked to Derek about it. I use the term flexibility with his contract. Other people around the league, the talking heads are saying he took less. He took less to be here. Whatever floats your boat. Whatever you think. Some Raider fans think he got too much money. Others think he was generous and left something on the table. That's your opinion. I can't change it. I know that he didn't max out his deal. I know Derek Carr in a new deal anywhere 
is worth more than $120 million, but he wanted to stay here. That's part of the negotiation on a three-year extension with the one year he currently has left. So he was comfortable on this. I think that's what all these deals look like to me, two to three years. Three years, most likely, for all these guys to make a run and win the Super Bowl. Now, Derek could get another contract with the Raiders. Devontae, another one. Max Crosby. But Max was just redone. Chandler Jones is here. We got Hunter Renfro on deck. Darren Waller's under contract for two more years. But all senses are he kind of wants more money or he might want more money. And Derek just got took care of yesterday. And he was walking on a cloud when he walked into our studio. I really think you're going to like this interview at the top of the hour. My first one with him in a long time. And it was good to connect with him on such a special day. For the Raiders going forward, the amount of money that they have and what they need to do, plenty of money to sign their draft picks. They don't have bonus baby draft picks. The only thing that I would think would be perfect or would be the icing on this cake is if the commissioner steps to the microphone and says, we have a trade. That's what they do. That's what's going to happen in this first round. There's going to be four or five teams that step up and trade. Will the Raiders be one of the teams that tap the commissioner on the shoulder and say, we are trading into the first or second round? The only reason why I'm keeping this open is it feels like the Raiders, right? Everybody are all in. Why'd they bring in all these guys if they want to win three years from now? Seems like they want to win now. So if there is a specific player that could be available in the draft that they scouted and they believe is a first-round pick, but he dropped to the second round, I would love to see him trade. I'd love to see him trade a player who's on the fence for being here and still has value, or I'd love to see them trade future picks for it because the window's now. There are others that are saying, look, they just went on a shopping spree. He spent a lot of money. Why don't you just cool it off? You know, when you buy a new house, then you buy the furniture, then you buy the washer-dryer, you buy the fridge, you want to build a pool, and all of a sudden you go, wait a second, maybe next summer we'll do the pool. Well, that's what it's at. Believe me, I'm dealing with that in backyard brick now. Maybe next year is the time to go in and spend some of that money and kind of recoup everything now, see what's happening, stabilize everything because they've been wild. They've been going crazy, getting great players for all of us to enjoy. Did they just say, let's go next year? Or Dave Ziegler could say, it's my first ever draft ever with the Raiders in this power position. I want to go big. I'll ask him. He's coming up here in 20 minutes. Can't wait to get to know this guy, pulling for him in a big way. If you have any questions that you want me to get in or if you'd like to react to the car, we're going to play a little bit of car from his presser before he sat down with me. Some of it's similar, uh, but mine was more in a one-on-one session. Yesterday in front of the media, he covered a lot of topics on the structure of the deal. You're going to hear more about the math that went behind this and what he made up his mind to do to help the team yeah I, I thought the whole time it was always trending the right direction you know um you know for for me you know everyone looks at like certain numbers and they're gonna say oh well you know they're not gonna get the whole picture of how it's structured and how we did things so that i'm you know you know tim my agent myself and the team we made sure you know guys like chandler guys like Devonte, guys like hopefully Hunter and Foster and those guys can stay here, you know, the way we structured it. You know, I, I went through a heartbreak already last time I signed my contract. My best friend left, you know what I mean? Um, and I didn't want that to ever happen again. And so this was an opportunity for me to prove to the team, um, to the organization, uh, to our fans, that the way we're going to structure this is so that we can keep, you know, everybody together and really 
really have real continuity, really have something to build on, you know. And so for me, it was like, how do we do that? You know, you know, usually in these negotiations, how much money can we get? And then there, how much can we save, you know? And for this was just different, you know. And uh, so there was some, there was a learning curve about it. Like, how do we make that happen to where I feel good and to where the team feels great? Like, man, we can still build a championship team around you. And so that was what was important to us. And hopefully, you know, this contract proves that. Yeah, I got a lot out of Derek in our conversation coming up that he wanted to make that point. He wanted to make that point that he signed a friendly deal. He made a ton of money. He'll never have and His family's set for generations. But there is wiggle room for the Raiders to go out there and get more players. And he cares about that. I think he does. It's shocking to me that they were able – this thing fell out perfectly for Derek. To get Devontae before he did his deal, that was big leverage to Derek. But I don't think he took advantage of it. I think this is a fair deal. A lot of people are crunching the numbers – there are Raider fans that have to realize when you look at the numbers that this is a fair deal. I listened to one radio show today that was talking about, you know, Derek again being a top 12 quarterback, not even top 10. And that's what's going to happen next with Derek with this money. He's in the top seven paid, and he's got to be inside the top 10 delivery, right? So he's top seven paid. It'd be great if he can get into the top five. That's always going to be subjective. I mean, he could have a better year than Justin Herbert. And a lot of these talking heads will they're just in love with Justin Herbert, and they'll tell you he's better. He can have a better year than Russell Wilson, which he did. And people could say, well, he's not Russell Wilson. Derek is going to back up these numbers. He's got to. I think that Derek going forward, I looked at as I was prepping for the interview with him, Derek going forward has got to be a 4,000 guy, 4,000 yards a year. He, that's Mr. Automatic. He's 4,000 yards. We're all good with that. Somewhere between 4,200 and 4,700 yards because that's where the era of football is, and this is a passing team. But I don't know if Josh McDaniels is going to be a guy that wants to run it a lot. I still think that Derek is going to have more than an ample opportunity to throw more than expected because they brought in Devontae, and they have Renfro. These are high-volume guys. You got me? They're high-volume guys. You're bringing in guys who want 100 receptions, including the tight end. 100, 100, 100. 300 receptions between Waller, Renfro, and Devontae. That means you're going to be in the shotgun a lot. You're going to be throwing the ball all the time. So you better catch them when you want to run the ball and make sure you catch them asleep because they think you're going to throw all the time. I love this offense. I don't love the offensive line. We'll talk about that with Dave Ziegler coming up next. What's his plan? But I love the weapons. And forget about going four wide. Let's go five wide. Let's really attack and let Derek Carr, who got all this money now and a no-trade clause, to put it up there and have a banner MVP-type year. He talked about the extension talks. Remember, they were both quiet, the organization, under new football operations. And Derek Carr, who wasn't commenting and talking much about anything. You know, I don't ever want to talk for somebody else. Um, but I'll say it was... It was very clear to me how they how they felt about me day one, and um, you know I, again I don't ever want to speak for Dave or speak for Josh, um, but it was uh, I knew I was going to be a Raider. You know I was just hoping that it'd be for longer than what my contract was at that moment. That's a big point too. When those guys came in, Dave Ziegler, who's joining us in 15 minutes, and Josh McDaniels, I think it's clear that to get through the interview process with Mark Davis that it was either we're keeping Carr or not. And they all were on the same page, we're keeping him. 
And then they all looked around and said, all right, we'll get to that contract when we get here and we get settled. But we're all good. And Derek thought, yeah, we're all good. And then Devontae signs and Derek had to pop champagne and go, well, I'm not going anywhere because they brought in my guy and they're not going to let me go with my guy here. So Derek's got to be happy with all of this. The no trade clause is interesting to me because the only way that a trade would come up available on a short-term deal like this, a three-year extension, is if Derek played really poorly and they wanted to move him. And I don't see that happening, but in case it is, Derek has that no trade clause so he could stay here, and I plan on him staying here or go to the team of his choosing. No, I think, uh, you know, Tim and I work together. There's no mandates. You know, we just work together, his family. Um, and uh, we, you know, we together thought that that'd be a great idea. And it was to make Paul stop talking about me. Yeah, look at that. Paul Gutierrez. Look at that. A little shout out to our buddy Paul there, who does a great job. Hey, Paul's got to write about everything. I got to talk about everything. And you know, when you look at this, the journalists are supposed to write about the potential of a quarterback leaving and what could happen. So this car, having a little fun at the press conference there. And he wants to win now. That was my big takeaway. The, the, the debate on car with Raider Nation now is over. You can't, whenever a Raider fan comes up to me at the torch, hey man, the car this, it's over. He got his money, he's here. You're going to back him or not? You're really going to be the negative guy at the torch, drinking a Modelo, going, oh, my God, I don't know if he's going to win today. He's here. He's going nowhere. He's your guy. Why not kind of come over to his side after all the good things he's done? And then if he doesn't play well, you'll have the opportunity to interact on that topic. And there will be games where Derek doesn't play well. There will be games where Derek doesn't win, and that will provide a lot of content for this radio show. But all Raider fans, the ones who are on the fence – And we talked about this with Mark. Mark moves the team from Oakland. There's a lot of fans that are never going to come to his side from Oakland. We get it. There's a lot of other fans who have. Many, because I talked to them, who have come over to Mark's side saying, hey, Mark's got a plan. I'm behind it. I've seen Vegas. I get the revenue structure. I see how weird it was in Oakland with Libby. Look at what's happening now, and I'm behind the Raiders. So I'm hoping someone said on ESPN first take or someone said, one of the guests, I forget who it was, the former player, Ryan Clark or someone said, you know, Derek's 60-40 with the fans. 60 like him, 40 don't. And I stopped and I said, whoa, 40% of the Raider Nation? That's a big fan base. I think a lot more fans like Derek more than don't like him. And now the fans that are on the fence, maybe this moves them off the fence to the car side because you're happy for him and his family. He's not going anywhere. And you could take that negative energy that you've had of him in the month of April, May, June, July, and be really pro-car, and don't answer when he posts something. Don't go in the comments and say, you know, a guy signs a contract for $120 million, he's got four babies, a, a, a toddler there, his sons, and then in the comments section, you're not worth it? In the comments section, oh my God, they over... Leave it alone. Leave it alone and let this man now go play with a clear head, which he's always done. But now the nonsense about is he going to be here or not, is over. That topic is closed on my show, and what we'll do is we'll open the conversation to how he's playing every time he plays a game. And most of the time he plays a game, he throws for over 300 yards, a couple of touchdowns, and he has some of the best stats in the league. But there's still the critics in-house with the Raiders who are blanking and moaning about the contract. The door has now been closed on you for the summer. Contract's closed. He got the money. You'll have to come back and debate the money 
after the season when we put up the numbers. Or after a game he doesn't play well. Then you can come in and flood on in here, and we'll hear what you have to say. Derek has been through a lot of background noise on social media, not so much sports radio, but there are people here in town on the radio that never wanted the Raiders. So they were never going to be pro car, and they always wanted a bus car and give car a hard time. I'm saying you can give him a hard time after the games, but now he got paid. That topic is finito on this show. It is closed. It is done. If you want to say they paid too much for him today, go ahead. But next week, we're not going to be doing that. Now, if he throws two interceptions and a pick six to lose a game in week four, come on in. But this has got to be more of a positive scenario for a guy who signed a contract yesterday, reportedly was very flexible, and helped recruit Devontae Adams. I know Rich Gannon well. I knew Snake really well. I don't know who they recruited. Derek Carr recruited one of the most unique football players of the modern era. Does he get any credit for that? That should be part of the credit plan going forward for number four. And one more on the bottom when it comes to these guaranteed contracts. A lot of quarterbacks now are getting fully guaranteed deals. Not the case here, but the no-trade clause. Here's what he said. Yeah, no, still for me – like, we got to keep things relative, too, you know. Like, we can, you know, I got, I got four kids, and, you know, we can go to Target, and we're okay. You know, I always say that, but it's, like, true. Like, they don't know how good they have it. You know, we're we're fine. You know, so relatively, I'm happy for everybody. Like, I don't care what everybody else gets. I'm, I'm worried about my contract, you know. I'm worried about my family and worried about some of the things I have planned in my life, you know, besides football. And uh, as long as I can take care of those things – we're great, you know. I, I want to help and bless and encourage, and you know, thousands, millions of people. You know, that, that sometimes that takes a little bit of money. So I, there's some things I want to do there, you know, to help people in other countries, help people in this country. You know, I always said like I'm always thankful to God that He trusts me with this kind of stuff because it's going to go to the right places. You know, uh, you know, I try. I try my best. Like I'm, I'm wearing stuff that you know half of it was free. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, you know, I, we like to, you know, give give back. We like to take care of other things. So there's part of that that matters to me, right? And then when other people are getting their stuff, I'm like, man, good for you. But I'm good. Let's make sure my teammates are okay. You know, because I know that there's some really good people in that locker room that want to do the same thing and take care of some people in their families and their uh, communities. And so um, that's what is more important to me than seeing other people getting some of the stuff they were getting. That's Derek Carr yesterday at the presser. He also expanded on that with me. You'll hear that at the top of the hour about how he likes to give back. He writes checks. He writes checks out of state. He's donated money to Haiti, the church in the Bay Area, what he does here. He does a lot. So I give him a lot of credit for that. When you, when someone has that strong of a faith and they back it up in the community, that's all a part of what Al Davis brought to this organization and Mark Davis Counts on. Mark Davis expects his players to be engaged in the community, doing good things in the community. And I think they do. But last year we had a couple of high-profile incidents that were not good, that brought a lot of negative attention to the Raiders, including emails, car accidents, videos with guns. All of this is over. Okay, this has to stop. Isolated instances, absolutely. Isolated, and but... It happened, and now there's a new, I won't say a new culture, because I know the last culture, and the culture before that, and the culture with Reggie McKenzie, a beautiful human being. You got players. You got 90 guys. If one of them screws up, 
and is on the cover of a newspaper and leads Sports Center for four or five days in a row, the other guys didn't do anything wrong. The other guys did are living a great life. So it was an isolated incident, but it took up a lot of the oxygen in the room last year. Now Derek comes in with this beautiful press conference with his kids, telling you what he wants to do with his money. That's your quarterback. I do a lot of this nationally. I don't see a lot of quarterbacks talking like he does. He talks at a different level when it comes to community service. And there are fans that say, JT, stop. I don't want to hear about community service. I want to win a Super Bowl. I get it. That's what the goal is here. And we're hoping to see that happen. Last night in the NBA, the Hawks beat the Hornets 132-103. to Trey Young was huge again. What a player. He's just a fabulous player any way you look at it. And the Pelicans beat the Spurs 113-103. to And that was a big surprise. A lot of speculation that that could have been Greg Popovich's last game. I doubt it because Popovich is not going to go out that way. He's not going to go out as a 10 seed losing to the Pelicans. I could promise you that. Also, Clayton Kershaw had a perfect game going, and he was pulled in the eighth inning. You want to talk about a sports radio topic that's got some legs to it? Eighth inning, he only threw 80 pitches through seven, and they didn't let him come out for the eighth inning. All they needed to let him do was come out and throw an 80-mile-an-hour fastball down the middle. If it gets hit right back at him, it's an out. And the next thing you know, he only needs five more outs. The micromanaging by Dave Roberts, and you could tell Clayton Kershaw didn't want to throw his manager under the bus. Uh, Later on in the show, you'll hear Reggie Jackson called into my show last night as a caller. So I'm doing this top. Phones are packed. Dodger fans are going crazy. And my producer in my ear says, hey, Reggie Jackson's on hold. I put up Reggie. He calls in from time to time. It was a fun conversation. And as I'm interviewing Reggie, I'm looking up in my studio, and there's a autographed picture of Reggie in my house, my boyhood idol with Thurman Munson, and he's calling into the show. And he had a lot to say about that, which was really troublesome to me that we lost that opportunity. There's only There's been 314 no-hitters all time, only 23 perfect games. And it hasn't been a perfect game in 10 years, in a decade. And we had one last night with the future Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer, and they didn't believe that they could pitch more than 80 pitches and get three more outs. And you wonder why baseball has problems? Dave Roberts was talking about, I don't want to hurt the team in October. Give me a break. It's Clayton Kershaw. Let him come out and go batter to batter. Big baseball topic. And then the NBA is really good. We're talking more about Daniel Snyder. I got up this morning and read the Washington Post looking for stories and content on that. I believe that he is going to be removed as the owner of the Commanders sooner than later because Congress is involved with a couple of big issues surrounding one of the 32 owners in this league. A couple of the owners are in trouble. Stephen Ross in Miami is all lawyered up because Brian Flores is saying he wanted to throw games on purpose. So with everything happening here, the NFL is going to have a break. They're going to have a Mardi Gras party in Vegas in two weeks called the NFL Draft. And when they come back from that, it's not going to be a slow offseason. There's going to be a lot happening. Baker Mayfield also spoke to a podcast for 90 minutes. Not a good look about his problems and the respect he's not getting. Baker Mayfield still doesn't have a job, which is incredible to me. Raiders got two decent backup quarterbacks. I don't know much about him. Mullins a little bit. Uh, we'll talk to the, the new GM of the team coming up here, Dave Ziegler, on the depth of several positions. 
So that's coming up next if you want to get through. 702-365-9200. Speaking of quarterbacks, Geno Smith, a one-year deal with the Seahawks. What a disaster he's been. Wouldn't you rather have Baker Mayfield than Geno Smith? You would think so. And the NFL, should they take a look at, explore possible tampering by the Dolphins when they went after Tom Brady? Wolves are at the door in Washington and Miami for two ownership groups. Big NASCAR weekend coming up with Easter and a good time to be out here. The portal for UNLV basketball, UNLV football trying to recruit. But I'm all about the Raiders and VGK. Golden Knights got to win tonight. Or that T-Mobile is going to look like a ghost town. Ghost town in May when you're walking around there and just looking around going, what's going on here? Isn't there an arena here? If there's no hockey in that building and people pouring out, going to restaurants and bars, it's not looking good. Got to get behind this team. Tonight is a must-win game. I just put it out there. Must-win game for VGK tonight as we open up the show. Brought to you by Grimaldi's. Best pizza I ever had. The original one in Brooklyn. All the way to Boca Park where I go. Grimaldi's. All different types of pizza. You can make it any way you want. Got a good wine list, great cervezas, and a a fabulous staff. Love Grimaldi's. We're getting some Grimaldi's to go this weekend. Home of the $50 gift card. The GM of the Raiders, Dave Ziegler, on deck. Me, hundred percent. I'm not even going. We're not even going to front about that. Um, but I, can I say he is the most improved golf swing since I saw him two years ago? Like two years ago, it was a little tough, and uh, and now he hits this nice little tight draw every single time, which I'm envious of. So I got to pray about that. Derek Carr talking about the golf game that we've seen and the improved golf game of his buddy, his good friend Devontae Adams. JT back with you. Dave Ziegler is going to join us. The GM of the Raiders coming up next. Looking forward to that conversation. And then we debut my conversation yesterday with Derek Carr, which I was happy about. About 14 minutes of Derek Carr, me one-on-one with him yesterday in the studios of Silver and Black Productions as Derek had his day. And that's a big contract. He got his rookie contract in the second round, which was great. And then he got an extension. And now he got another extension. And he's probably going to get another one after this. A new contract down the road. Uh, quarterbacks now because of Tom Brady. Because of Tom Brady and a few others, and also Aaron Rodgers, can play till later on in life. And people don't start talking about your prime until 33, 34, instead of possibly you know, a prime later in li- uh, earlier in life that ends when you're 29. A great situation for the Raiders to be in when it comes to their age. Uh, thrilled to talk to the GM of the Las Vegas Raiders, Dave Ziegler, kind enough to join us. Dave, thanks so much for doing this. Thanks for coming on the flagship. How are you? I'm doing outstanding today, JT. How are you? Couldn't be better. Thrilled for this opportunity. Before we get to football, tell me about you and your family personally. How's the transition been with a young family coming out here to Southern Nevada and you're making those adjustments? Yeah, you know, that's a, it's, um, that's a difficult part of this job is when you have to um, – you know, you, you get these opportunities, and it comes with a lot of excitement, but, you know, it also comes with a lot of angst and, and stress that often your family's, you know, left behind to deal with. So, um, you know, we're, we're excited about getting out here and, and getting everything established. I'm actually going back this weekend to, um, uh, 
get everybody together and fly out Monday morning and, and make it official with the kids and with the wife. And so uh, my wife, Carissa, she's been, um, to say the least, has yeah. been carrying a heavy load with the move and all the different things that go along with that, um, you know, letting me focus on the things I have to do here. So um, that's a blessing to have that support. But, um, you know, we're excited about it. Um, you know, it's a, Nevada is a beautiful place beautiful weather, um, a lot of different things to do outdoors, a lot of good golf from what I hear. I mm-hmm. haven't got a chance to do it. Um, but, you know, we're really excited about that. Dave, isn't it amazing? You've been a football lifer when you came in as an executive. You started off with Denver before New England, and I'm sure you and your wife and friends in the past have been to Vegas. But could you ever imagine what you're seeing now, now that you're going to be a resident here to see the stadium, the strip, and all the areas outside, you know, 10, 15 miles away from yeah. Lake Mead to, you know, Red Rock and, and all the things you can do in this market? Yeah, it's really cool, and it, and it's cool just to see, like, even out here where the facility's at, right, in Henderson, you see all the development um, going on here and all the things that have been built from at least what people have told me, you know, just even in the last couple years. Um, it, it's it's pretty cool to see. It's fun to be a part of an area that's growing. It's, it's, far, it's fun to be a part of a new market, um, you know, with a new NFL team and all the excitement that comes along with that, but... Um, yeah, it's um, you know, we're again, we're excited to be a part of it, and it's um, you know, we're excited to experience all that um, all that Nevada has to offer. Dave Ziegler's our guest, the GM of the Raiders. So it looked to me from a distance that you really had a bold task in front of you. On top of the family situation, you just talk about. You get here, you have to evaluate the roster, but be ready to pounce if players become available, such as Chandler Jones, the Devonte deal. What was the first big step for you, Dave, looking at this roster, diving into film as you're putting a coaching staff together with Josh McDaniels, knowing who you were going to keep and maybe who you were going to let go? Yeah, it's, 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 it's the most important process to, to roster building and um, is, is first understanding the, the value of the, the players on your team. And, and not just the value of the, of the player, but how they fit into your specific system and how the roles all come together as you're building a roster. There's a lot of talented players out there that might not always fit into the role and the scheme that you're, you know, that you're specifically running. And so balancing on um, the coaching interviews and learning the team, you know, that, was a, that was a big load, um, but it was, um, it was a good experience. There were some players on the team that I hadn't um, had a lot of experience getting to know before for whatever the reason had been. Um, and to watch some of those guys, you know, there's, um, there, there's a lot of young players here with some ascending traits, and, and then there's a lot of guys that obviously had been in the league um, that I had known about and, and kind of confirmed, uh, you know, what some of those fits were, and then there were some guys that didn't fit, you know, at the same time. Obviously, we've had a lot of turnover on this roster, and it's not to say that those players, um, you know, weren't talented in their own right. They're all NFL players. They're all skilled, um, but not everybody fits into every system, and so, um, you know, that was a really, that's, that's a, um, it's a re- really important part of the beginning, but then at JT at the same time, um, it's an ongoing process, right? As we get to know these players more and, and get to see them and we kind of, you know, evolve over the next, um, you know, the next, you know, five months. And then you go into the season and you continue to evaluate the roster. You continue to evaluate guys on your practice squad and you're, you know, you're constantly making sure that you have the right group. Um, that fits that fits what you want to do to win football games. Dave Ziegler's our guest. So knowing the cap and trying to get cap friendly as you're signing some of these massive mm-hmm. deals and then taking a look at the players that you have to redo, 
Uh, are you someone that loves that process? Do you love the film grind more and really looking at the player and how much they have left and the value of that player on top of getting tapped on the shoulder saying, hey, we have to make this money work if we're going to go after the players you really want here? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Obviously, you know, coming up, you're, you're um, as a scout, you know, the, the tape grind is – um, is what you do um, kind of day in and day out. And then, you know, now and now you get into these other, these other roles and the, the, um, the, the time to find tape, <laughs> the time to find um, to watch tape becomes, um, um, it, it's not as frequent. So now it's like almost, um, it's therapeutic when you get to sit back and spend some time watching tape, you know, rather than um, all the other aspects of the job. But um, to answer your question, you know, understanding the cap, understanding the salary component of it and how it all fits together. And, and I would say how one decision um, that you can make on a contract can impact different parts of the team. It could even impact something that we want to do in 2023. Um, it's, it's, um, it's something I'm still, um, I've, got, I've gained experience doing it the last couple of years in New England, mm-hmm. and um, I'm still learning in that area. Now, we have some great people here like Tom Delaney, who um, works on our cap and contracts, and, and Dan Ventrelli, um, who's a team president, interim team president, and also um, you know works on the caps and contracts. And so we have some great people here from an experience standpoint that I'm able to bounce ideas off of, and I'm able to learn from. And uh, you know we, we've we've um, developed a really good chemistry, and so that's a fun part of it too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a more you know it can be a more frustrating part, right? Because you just want to. You just want to add, 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 and add, right? Just like we want to get online and, and shop and buy and buy, and at some point, you know, there's 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 limitations to that, and you have to um, be disciplined in that in that way. Dave Ziegler is our guest. So, Dave, as we just quickly go around some position groups, the Max Crosby extension and getting Chandler Jones. I mean, that's a big deal. You clearly see the value in Max and locking him up, but then Chandler Jones, someone you know very well, you put that deal together. So can you start with the defensive line and those two cornerstone players and how they make the defensive line much better? Yeah, um, well, and I would say first it starts with um, the per- both, of those pe- both of those players is just people. Um, two very hard workers, um, two people that have a high passion for football and have a really high passion for their craft and are really, I would say, both of those guys are self-critical people that are always constantly looking at ways to get better. And so uh, I mentioned this in the past, um, JT, but when you have, uh, when, when your best players are also your hardest workers, um, it's a really um, strong foundation to build a team off of. And both of those people, and they're just phenomenal guys too, and just in terms of the personality and how they interact with people on a day-to-day basis. So it starts with that. And then when you look at the players, um, you can categorize, categorize both of those players with one word, and that's, being, and that's disruptive. Mm-hmm. Um, both of those guys are disruptive players. Both of those guys, um, on a week-to-week basis, the offensive team that we're going to play is going to have to have a plan for those guys. Uh, they can be disruptive in the run game. Um, they obviously have been disruptive as pass rushers. Um, and when there's two of them, um, you know, it's a, it, it makes it much difficult to, you know, slide protections and chip and, and, and have a plan for two guys that can come off the edge. Um, you know, it can, be really, it can be a really challenging thing. I, I experienced a little bit of that when I was in, in Denver um, for some time when we had a young Vaughn Miller and Elvis Doomerville. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And those guys, you know, they, um, you know, could, could be really disruptive off the edge. And so Max and Chandler um, have a three-down skill set to do it. We're excited to have them. And, 
Um, like I said, they're, they're, um, when those disruptive pass rushers and just disruptive players, when they're up front, um, it's, it's a, it's a, you know, they, they provide great value to you defensively. Dave Ziegler's the GM of the Raiders. So with moving Yannick Ngakwe and getting Rock Yassin, can you tell me about that? Cause you get what looks to be a starter, a value guy. What did you yeah. see in Rock believing that you can pencil him in? He'll be a leader, a really good player as you lose an edge rusher, but clearly Chandler Jones is an upgrade. Yeah, um, you know when we when we when you look at Rocky Sin, um, a very smart, intelligent, mature young man. That's another guy that's highly passionate about football. Um, you know, Rock was a high school wrestler, which is kind of unique for the corner. And I believe he was a state champion um, as a high school player. So he has a wiriness and a toughness about him at the corner position. Um, he's long. He has good straight line speed. Um, he, he's kind of developed over time and I think has improved in terms of his kind of route recognition and anticipation at the top of routes to be able to match in man. Um, but he has some elements in, um, of being able to be a guy that's versatile and zone and man coverage, and he's still improving and he's still getting better. Um, and, you know, so, you know, we think that, you know, we think Rox, he's going to have to compete for a spot like everybody, but I think he's, you know, he's shown the ability to, um, in Indianapolis to play out on the perimeter and be effective out there. And, and I think the best is um, yet to come still for Rock. And so, you know, getting a guy that's young, that likes to tackle, that likes to play physical and has some coverage versatility, uh, you know, those guys are those, those types of players we're going to be excited about. Dave, as we wrap it up on the offensive side, the big contracts of Derek I'll get to, but the offensive line's been a concern around here for quite sure. some time, not because of the players. The players are good, but their availability, the injuries, and then the Raiders having, before you got here, to count on the depth of backups to come in and play long periods of time, something that you have to get right to protect Derek and support this explosive offense, one of the best I've seen here in over two decades, and the Raider fans are excited about. So with the offensive line, your concerns and what you can do with the draft coming up with undrafted players or potentially trades. Yeah, um, it's, it's really, you know, when, you're, when you talk about um, building a team, um, building the team, I'd say, inside out is, has always kind of been how I've been trained and, and, and been a priority uh, we think we have some, you know, some some good young pieces here. You know, obviously Colton's here, Andre James at center, John Simpson got some time last year at guard, and 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 it, to me is a young ascending player who, um, you know, has everything in front of him. And you know, obviously Leatherwood was drafted, and he was a talented guy out of Alabama, played a lot of snaps, and. Uh, you know, is, is another guy we can we think can continue to get better. And I won't go through all the players, mm-hmm. but just to answer your question more specifically, um, you know, building the depth and competition of the offensive line is going to be something we look to do every single year. Um, there's, you know, obviously there's five starters, uh, but you have to have guys that can kind of um, also back up at different spots and also have the, the versatility to play different positions. And we're always going to hammer away at the offensive line. Um, it doesn't, you know, you have different opportunities during the year, right? You have free agency, you have the draft, you, like you mentioned, you have college free agency, there's a preseason process, um, there's a cut down, and I think, you know, we'll always be focused on, on adding all, players at all positions, but adding offensive linemen specifically. Um, you know, in free agency, we added a few guys, there were some other guys that um, we targeted that it just didn't, you know, it didn't work out necessarily based on where the market went. And so, um, you know, it's a, it's a position that we're going to continue to look to add players 
um, for, you know, to mm-hmm. compete for jobs and to improve the depth of our team there. And Dave, finally, with Derek's contract, I heard the term when I was in the building yesterday, flexibility. Clearly, Derek was not or expected to get the money of Aaron Rodgers or other players above him with maybe more playoff wins and Super Bowl titles, but a handsome deal, which he's comfortable with. Can you just touch on the no-trade clause, the money, and the fact that it's flexible, as he said, to go forward and help you down the road secure some of the players that are here and get other players here under contract? Um, yeah, so well, I know there's a couple pieces to that question. I might I might miss a miss a few, so you can feel um, feel free to follow up. I would say, um, you know, another I would say first starting with Derek, uh, and I've mentioned this, and this is a theme because it's an important theme for us as we um, build our roster. Another quality individual, quality man, loves football, loves to work at football, um, wants to consistently improve. Uh, and those are the types of players, again, you want to build around. Um, you know, in terms of supplying the team with some flexibility and things like that relative to, uh, relative to the contract, I, you know, I think that shows, you know, speaks a lot about, um, you know, Derek's selflessness. Um, Derek's want to um, be able to continue to build a team, not just be, not have it necessarily all about him, uh, but again, you know, as he mentioned, being a spot where he felt comfortable, but given the team flexibility to hopefully still be able to build around them, not just this year, but years to come. And, 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 and you know, we recognize that um, from Derek. We're appreciative of that. And, you know, it shows a lot of leadership, a lot of maturity, and just what, um, you know, what's important to, to Derek Carr. Um, so, you know, the, all those things are, are really important. Uh, you know, the no trade clause, I know you asked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that was something that, um, you know, for, for Derek and his camp um, that they felt was important um, to, to getting into the deal, and we felt comfortable with it too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well, the idea is to continue to build around Derek and, um, you know, have Derek Carr as our quarterback going forward and, um, you know, and, and, and win a lot of football games with Derek Carr. And so that was something that we were ultimately, um, ultimately comfortable with too. I don't know if I missed anything. No, you there. got it all. It was fantastic, Dave. Last one. You come from this su- such a successful organization and culture with Mr. Kraft and Bill Belichick, and the way you learned under the Patriots. And everyone out here is talking about the Patriot way. Coming out west to the Raiders, you get to the Raiders and you see on the walls the greatness of the Raiders. Once a Raider, always a Raider. The importance of these alumni. To Mark Davis, how do you take the success of the Patriots and bring it to the tradition, proud tradition of the Raiders, and make it mesh under your vision and what you want to do? Sure, I think for me, um, a lot of the a lot of the really important things that I was exposed to in New England um, that has been value yeah, valuable for me going forward is say a lot of the processes. Um, you know, from a scouting standpoint, just how we run things, whether it's preseason scouting to free agency to, to draft prep, um, the, high level of, the high level of attention to detail um, that we're going to impart in our scouts on how we scout, um, how we look at the league, um, how we understand the league, the philosophies of different teams, the big picture thinking of how teams um, roster build, um, and things of that nature. And, and then also, I, th- I think a little bit for me, um, what I've had to, the opportunity to, to really be exposed to is how you develop and grow your staff here internally um, and improve and just not be stagnant as an organization and be as stagnant as scouts. Um, I mentioned it in my pre- press conference, you know, one of the things that I took from Bill 
um, you know, Bill was really focused on evaluating and, and improving um, all the different processes that we had in place on a year-to-year basis. And so, you know, for example, we had a local pro day here last Friday. Um, that was a really successful event. It was ran really well, um, and it went well. And, the, and one of the first exercises after the local pro day um, was, okay, what went well, um, what didn't go well, um, and what are your suggestions to improve that next year? And that's a small, you know, that's a small one-day event, right? Um, but that's something that we're going to look at and, 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 and do and, and impart in all the different things that we do. And I think that's how you can, when you can evaluate and, and consistently evolve, I think that's how you um, grow into a championship organization. And so um, taking those processes, um, the tradition's already here. Um, there's been a lot of success here um, for a long time, a lot of great players that have played here, obviously an iconic um, NFL uh, man in Al Davis. Um, and so being able to take some of those processes that we think are really good and, and mesh them with the, 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 the Raiders culture that's here, and, uh, and we're going to develop our own culture, right? Josh and I are going to, to develop a culture here that um, obviously um, kind of intertwines with um, – a lot of the things that are important to ownership here um, and the commitment to excellence, and we're going to be ourselves and uh, hopefully develop something that's really sustainable um, and that's consistent for a long time. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate you being so generous with your time. Whatever we can do to help with your transition here in Southern Nevada, thank you for this. We look forward to talking to you often and, and getting more from you, and the fans are really excited about what's happening and the opportunity to hear from you. No problem. And JT, I'd, I'd be remiss. Um, one, uh, it was a pleasure to, um, it's an honor really to have me on the show. You know, I've been a fan for a long time, um, going back to, um, you know, your sports, your sports show at <laughs> night when I'm leaving um, the, the, the New England facility yes. at midnight. And uh, I can turn on Sirius Radio and, and catch JT the Brick. I always enjoy that on my short ride home. And to be, uh, to be on with a one of the, I, I think it was the original Smack Off winner, yes. um, if I'm not mistaken, today, that was today. In 19, 1995. Um, so I know, I know two of my buddies, um, John <laughs> Davis and Jim Hammond, are, are big yes. JT fans. We wanted to do it in person so I could get a picture with you, because um, I know those guys are listening. Um, those guys are probably listening today, but um, a lot of my buddies that we were big sports talk radio fans growing up. And we've been big fans of yours for a long time, so it was a cool experience getting on to talk to you today. Thank you. It's uh, very humbling for you to say that. 28 years ago, today I won the smack off, and my years on WEEI and the Sports Hub in Boston, where I was fortunate that you could hear me, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and everything that went on. Dave, I'm looking forward to seeing you a lot more. Thanks for doing this again. I really appreciate it. Awesome, JT. Have a great day. You too. There he is, Dave Ziegler. Nice nice that he's been listening back in the day. A lot of those guys. Hey, Bobby, you asked what's, what's the only benefit being on late at night? The only one. No bosses. No bosses, yes. And you get people listening to you. That's how I got hired by the Raiders. The former GM heard me and said, who's the guy taking all the Raider calls? Hire him. And for Dave to hear me in those New England years, I appreciate that. I hope we got a lot in. I kept him 20 minutes, and he just he's a sharp guy. He told I wanted to get more about his philosophy of what he's going to do, meshing the Patriot way with commitment to excellence. I think he gave it to you. If you'd like to comment on the conversation there with him, please do. 702-365-9200.
And nice to have someone here now. And again, think of what he's doing. He's going back home, home, to move his family out here. And we got to welcome him. Part of our community now. You see Dave Ziegler in the street. You get to know him. You recognize him. Welcome him. Not only to the Raider Nation, but welcome him to Southern Nevada. And give the guy a pat on the back. He's doing whatever he can right out of the gate to help the team. We respect the former GMs who are here and set a tone, and we respect the new GM who's here to take the Raiders, hopefully, to a championship level. When we come back, we'll get into that. Oh, Derek Carr at the top of the hour. Can't wait for you to hear this, my conversation with the quarterback coming off the extension next.